Many of us become frustrated, defeated, ready to give up, ready to give in, and ready to go back rather than to go on because things did not go our way. We believed that it was going to happen and it didn't. And so now we're ready to go back. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad that you're with us as today we continue a message, When Things Don't Go My Way. You know what we just heard kind of reminds me of the uh, nation of Israel. God finally frees them from Egypt, from being in slavery there. But every time they seem to encounter a difficult circumstance, they were uh, remembering what life was like in Egypt. They remember the very, very few good things forgetting the fact that they were slaves and forgetting all the negative. And uh, we can be tempted to think that way as well. When we become frustrated and defeated, the temptation is to simply give up and go back to the dysfunction that was a part of our life previously. But as we have been looking at and learning in this message, when things don't go my way, that's not what God calls us to do. There are some practical things that we can learn and apply from the Bible that help us when we face those difficult things. So join us in Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue to uh, unpack this message. When things don't go my way, here is Pastor Ford. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, help them to understand this. Look at somebody and say, "Uh, neighbor, you can't make lemonade without lemons. That's right. You can't have a rainbow without rain. And that's what our text is all about. I just want to finish it. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16 says this. Genuine faith perseveres even when things don't go its way because a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. So then we said this text teaches this timeless truth. That when things don't go our way, what do we do? And we pulled the principles out. Didn't give you an outline, just pulled the principles. Number one, keep on trusting Jesus. Number two, keep the goal in sight. Number three, remember who you are. And then number four, remind yourself of the desired outcome. And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, That when things don't go your way, you understand that you have to keep on trusting Jesus. I wonder, do you have the faith uh, that everything is not going to go the way we want, but we always have Jesus on our side, that whenever things don't go our way, what we need to do is keep on trusting Jesus. You want to know why? Because he's the alpha and the omega, so keep on trusting Jesus. He's the beginning and the end, so keep on trusting Jesus, the first and the last. Keep on trusting Jesus. He's the keeper of creation, so keep on trusting him. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was and he always will be. He's unmoved. He's unchanged. He's undefeated and never is he undone. He was bruised, but he brought healing. He was pierced, but he brought redemption. He was persecuted, but he brought freedom. He was dead, but he brings life. He was 
raised and he brings power and he reigns to bring peace. The world can't understand our Jesus and the armies can't rule our Jesus. The scholars can't educate our Jesus and philosophers can't understand our Jesus. Pharisees couldn't stand our Jesus and Herod couldn't kill our Jesus. Mysticism can't replace our Jesus and Oprah can't explain our Jesus. New Age can't duplicate our Jesus and so the devil couldn't trick him and death couldn't sting him and the grave couldn't hold him and hell couldn't keep him. He got up with all power in his hand. He said that we just quoted, I am he who was dead but now I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Keep on trusting Jesus. When things don't go my way, number five, let's move on to finish. Number five, when things don't go my way, don't go back. I know I just dropped them, didn't push them. Now I come back to push them when I drop them. Don't go back. Listen to this. Listen to this. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, they had a made-up mind so that every time something difficult happened in the land, they didn't think about going back to Ur the Chaldees. They thought about going on in Jesus. When you look at this thing, he's saying, listen, look what happened to Abraham and the things that happened to him, famine and Abimelech. Look what happened to Isaac, Abimelech, and the people didn't want him to have a well. Look at what happened to Jacob, but it says here in the tense it uses, never once did they think about going back. Better than I am. Plenty of times I thought about going back, and many of you are just like me because Uh, Many of us become frustrated, defeated, ready to give up, ready to give in, and ready to go back rather than to go on because things did not go our way. We believed that it was going to happen, and it didn't, And, and so now we're ready to go back. We trusted Jesus, and he didn't do it when we thought he should do it and how we thought he should do it. Uh, what we needed didn't come when we needed it. Our wants, our expectation and desires were not fulfilled, so our sicknesses weren't healed. Our, our job didn't come through. Our prayers weren't answered. Our marriages weren't healed. The foreclosure is final, and now the student loans are being garnished from my check, and all I want to do is quit and go back. I want to go back to my old friends. I don't like these new church friends. I want to go back to my old places. I don't like the places that we hang. And you know what? Anytime you see somebody with old friends and old habits and old places, that's a backslidden Christian. That's the first sign of somebody backslidden. You see them with people that God delivered them from. Mm -hmm. Israelites in the wilderness, Numbers chapter 11. You know, they did what, what you and I never do. They start thinking about what they didn't have and didn't appreciate what they did have. They focus in on what they lost and not what they had left. Uh, So what they did was in Numbers chapter 11, they said, we're tired of this manna. We we want some meat. Then it says this. They said, don't you remember the leeks and the garlic that we had when we were back in Egypt? 
So they declared the pulpit vacant, Elder, and then they called a committee, a let's go back to Egypt committee. Now they forgot about the fact they were making brick without straw. They forgot about the whip that was going on their back as they were building those pyramids. They forgot about the fact that the Egyptians didn't like them at all and put them in a segregated ghetto. They forgot all of that. And they wanted to go back to Egypt, but I got a question for them. I got a question for them. Hey, if you're going back to Egypt, who's going to lead you? Because God led you by a cloud by day and a pillar of cloud by night. So if you go back, who's going to show you the way? If you go back, who's going to protect you? Because whenever the ites were after them, you know the ites. Come on, come on, come on. What the fire did was come in between them and their enemies and protected them. So who's going to protect you? If you go back, if you go back, here's the biggie. Who's going to open up the Red Sea and who's going to rain down manna from heaven? Who's going to lead you across on asphalt instead of sinking in mud? If you go back, maybe that's why Jesus said in John uh, chapter 9, verse 62, he says, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Y'all better remember Lot's wife. Y'all better remember her. Remember, she's coming out. God said, get up out of there. And they break in camp, and he said, don't look back. Why? Because looking back shows that maybe your body's in church, but your heart in the club. Maybe your body's in church, but your heart's at the mall. Maybe your body's in church, but your heart already at the table eating and watching television. So if you turn back, it shows that your heart's not right. And she remembered that she had another $4,000 on her Neiman Marcus credit card. That's a whole lot of Fendi's and Versace's and, you know, and, 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 and Jerry Chew or Jerry Woo or, you know, whatever it is. And turned into a pillar of salt. Oh. And the Bible says, don't go back. Remember what Jesus did? Jesus fed them in John 6, and they wanted to make him the welfare king. They said, you're going to do this all the time? He said, no, this is not what it's all about. Kingdoms are not about cars and cash and, and all those kind of things, cribs. He said, no, and they left. He turned to Peter and the disciples. He said, will you lead me also? And Peter said, where can we go? You got the words of life. Ah, I tell you. See, here's what we need. Contrast these two. In, in, in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, here's what you had. Elisha is going to be the next pastor and take Elijah's place. And so he follows him so he can learn. And uh, he tells him, when you drop the mantle, let me have a double portion of your spirit. He said, whatever God did with you, double it for me. And didn't he do it? How many, how many miracles did Elijah do? Eight. How many did Elisha do? Sixteen. Double portion. But here's what he did. Look at that text. He went back. What is he? What is he? What's his occupation? Farmer. He went back and slew his oxen. Look at your neighbor and say, have you burnt your bridges yet? See, I know the world says you don't burn your bridges, but some of them you do. Oh, yeah. There's some of those relationships, you need to burn that bridge. Some of those places you used to go, you need to burn that bridge. 
Some of them things you used to do, you need to burn that bridge. You don't need to leave that there. And that's what he did. Here's what he said. And this is what the tense of this verse means. That, that whenever they made that decision, they made up their mind that they're never going to turn back. They're going to keep on doing what God wants them to do. No matter come the proverbial hell or high water, whatever happens, happens. I'm going on in the name of the Lord. Have you got a made up mind? Or do you halt between two opinions? You don't know whether you want to serve Baal or you don't know whether you want to serve God. You don't know whether it's Jesus or next week Farrakhan. You don't know whether it's the Bible or you don't know whether it's the Quran. You don't know whether it's biblical counseling or you don't know whether it's Oprah Winfrey. You don't know whether it's, it's Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, and uh, T-I-A-B-C-D, or whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And that's why you have so many problems, because you got to have a made-up mind. you got to say, though the world against me, God is for me, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. No turning back. What a powerful reminder today from Pastor Ford of what we do when things don't go my way. It's been a lengthy message, and if you missed any part of it, you can come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. And we'd love to hear from you and interact with you. We can always do that through social media. If you've not done so before, you can go ahead and like us on Facebook, even listen to the program there through Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. You're going to find those links at our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to the message. Once again, with When Things Don't Go My Way, here is Pastor Ford. See, let me tell you what's going on in this text. What's he trying to do? He is trying to get these Hebrew Christians to understand something. Now, remember, we, we talked about it before. I wish I had time, but I don't. Suffice to say this. They're in danger of going back. Remember we talked about that? Who was here for the first message? Okay. All right, at least some of you. In the first message I said, these Hebrews are in danger of going back to the ritual, the Old Testament sacrifices. So what he wants to do is demonstrate something to them. Let, let me see if I can illustrate where I'm going. Uh, my son, Nate, who's in heaven, was a special needs child. Uh, the school said, you know, I want you to work with us. We want to teach him the value of money. We want you to start him out with coins, and uh, we want you to teach him the value of coins, and then we're going to teach him the value of dollars. And of course, you know, I asked him, you know, I got the coins, but will you give me the dollars? So I started off and I said, I said, Nate, which one of these do you want? He would always take the nickel. And I say, why do you want the nickel? He said, because it's bigger. See, here, here's what's happening. He looks at the size and doesn't understand the value since he doesn't understand currency. So what I did was I said, okay, Nate, this is a nickel, five. This is a dime, 10. The dime has twice the value as the nickel. Which one do you want? He said, I, I, I take both of them, Dad. <laughs> That's what he did. Uh, but he learned the value of them, and before he went to heaven, he knew how to count. 
Well, make it plain. Listen, 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 listen. There were two reasons he picked the nickel, because it was bigger and he didn't know the value. Listen, these believers were rejecting Jesus Christ and didn't realize they were rejecting the one who had twice as much value as what they wanted to go back to. So that they were making a comparison with the nickel of Judaism versus the dime of Jesus. And they were rejecting the one who had the greatest value, but they didn't know it because my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And that's not information, that's inspiration. That's not information, that's revelation. They had no comprehension, so now they're going back. Now, I can't do all of them, but what I did when I studied the book of Hebrews, Hebrews and, and put it together, I went back and I did the comparison. Why is Jesus better? And who is he better than? And he starts all the way with the prophets and goes all the way up to Melchizedek. And, and let me just show you what I mean. Here, here's one of the things, just one of them, just one of them. And what I did in my study, I said, okay, what kind of ways is Jesus greater than, and I just, just take Aaron, because I did it with everybody, but I'm only going to do it with Aaron, because I know you don't want to hear all that. Some of y'all don't even want to hear all this. <laughs> but I took 10 ways. I'm just going to go through. Jesus is greater or better than Aaron. Why? In position. Why? Because Jesus, I mean, Aaron is only a high priest. Jesus is the great high priest. Aaron could only go in once a year. Jesus sits in the presence of God all the time. He's greater in his position, uh, but he's greater in his person. Aaron is a man, but Jesus is the God man. He's greater in his person. He's greater in his period of time because Aaron is temporary. Is appointed on the man wants to die, but after that, the judgment. But Jesus Jesus is the eternal one, the I am of scripture, and he's greater in place because Aaron is earthly, but Jesus came from heaven. He's greater. He's greater in the practice of sacrifice. Why? Because Aaron had to go many times, many times, many times, but Jesus only had to go once and for all, and then he sat down. He's greater. The product sacrifice. Aaron had to sacrifice an animal, but Jesus is better. He's greater because he sacrificed himself. The procedure. Aaron offered for sins his and the people of God, but Jesus only offered for our sins because he had no sin. He was without sin, and so he's better. Aaron, in his prominence, was a priest, but Jesus was both the priest and the sacrifice. Aaron was a type, but Jesus prophetically was the fulfillment. He's better so that Aaron would bring men to God, but Jesus would bring men to himself because he is God. So his purpose was greater. So why would you go back? If you go back, who could redeem you? If you go back, who could take away your sins? If you go back, who could write your name in the Lamb's book of life? If you go back, who can make sure that you get to heaven absent from the body, present with the Lord? If you go back, what do you have? Because when you got Jesus, you have everything. And when you don't have Jesus, you ain't got nothing. You don't live life. You merely exist in life. So he says, when things don't go your way, don't go back. But then notice, 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 number six, number six, he says, but now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Know that the best is yet to come. 
When things don't go your way, you don't go back. Why? Because you know the best is yet to come. Now, now this word better, look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Tell him he has a better name than the angels. Look at Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The words translated better things is one word. It's better. Now, what does the word mean? It literally means, listen to this. It's used, and I'm going to give you all the scriptures where it's used. But it's used in four different ways in scripture. Better in strength. Better benevolently, that is in giving. Better because it's more profitable, more valuable. Better because it's more favorable. Those are the four ways that the word better is used, and two of them in the Old Testament. See, they knew the best was yet to come. I got to explain one other word for you, and that's the word desire. Because when you hear the word desire, how many tell true shame the devil? You think of something in your heart, don't you? Anybody like me when I first read the word? That's why I always check. Because I don't take anything for granted because the Greek language is so complete. So when I looked it up, guess what it means? It's not talking about something in your heart. It's talking about something in your hand. As a matter of fact, here's what it's talking about. Something in your heart that's not in your hand, it means to stretch forth and reach for it. Like a runner reaching for the tape to cross the tape. That, that, that's powerful. He said, we're strangers. That means we're away from home. We're pilgrims. That means we're going home. So then this text teaches us the first part of this principle. They're not looking to the promised land for his seed. He's looking for the holy land of his savior. So the immediate gives way to the ultimate. We talked about that. Warren Wisby said this way, if the outlook looks bleak, try the uplook. That's good. That is good. Encouraging principles from Pastor James Ford Jr. today here on Treasure Truth. And there is more to come, but we do have to pause today's teaching there. If you want to listen to this message again or go back and listen to previous parts of this message, you can always come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org, and you can listen to When Things Don't Go My Way. Well, here at Moody Radio, we're dedicated to helping you dig deeper in your relationship with Christ through studying His Word. Our programs are designed with you in mind, and as you grow in your understanding, you're benefiting from countless other listeners, those who see value in what we do and give financially to make Treasure Truth possible. And when you give a gift of any amount and join this family of listeners, we're going to say thank you with a book by David Whitehead called Making Sense of the Bible. David was an atheist who set out to disprove the Bible, and instead, he became a Christian. He writes from his own experience as someone who struggled to make sense of all the confusing passages in the Bible, even after he accepted the gospel. So contact us today with a gift of any amount and request a copy of Making Sense of the Bible. Call us at 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. Or if you prefer, you can mail a check. Our address is Treasure Truth Radio, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, do you ever wonder why there are so many translations of the Bible? 
or what all the different versions mean? David Whitehead addresses this topic and much more in Making Sense of the Bible. So give your gift of any amount and request a copy. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or go to treasuretruthradio.org. I'm Steve Hiller and our producer is Amy Rios. We're going to pick up with more principles from When Things Don't Go Your Way tomorrow as you listen to the Friday edition of Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.